Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. No, thank you. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a pistachio, and I love films. As C.S. Lewis once said, the pain I feel now is the happiness I had before. That's the deal. We only get to experience the ending of The Sixth Sense once, but it will stay with us always. Very true, C.S., very true. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Mark Frost, Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil, and even Cled Plambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian, writer and actor, it's Wendy Wason. You can watch all of Shrinking on Apple TV Plus and you can now watch Ted Lasso Season 3 Episodes 1 to 9 on Apple TV Plus. Watch them, love them. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Wendy. She tells secrets, we talk beginnings and endings. You get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Wendy Wayson. Wendy Wayson is a brilliant actor, writer and comedian who I've known since I started stand-up in the very beginning of time. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago on Zoom, late at night. It was the end of her birthday weekend. I was very grateful for her letting us do it at that time. And it was a load of fun, and I really think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 247 of Films to be Buried with. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a writer, an actor, a voiceover extraordinaire, a stand-up, a pregnant stand-up, two times, a secret keeper, very bad at it, and a woman of the world, a legend of the circuit, and a myth in all our hearts. Please, welcome to the show. I can't believe she's here. It's Wendy Mason! <laughs> Woohoo! Is that me, yeah? That's you. This is your bit. Amazing, Brett. What an introduction. Lovely to see you, Wendy. How are it's you? So nice to see you, darling one. I remember many years ago seeing you going, that guy's got something going on. He might he might go somewhere one day. Well done you. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say, <laughs> Wendy. I thought the same. No, I'm from uh, Scotland. You're damn with faint praise, friend. <laughs> we met many, many years ago on the circuit. I was thinking about this the other day. I believe you, Ali Wong, who is one of my favorite stand-ups. She'd done two Netflix specials where she was pregnant. You were way ahead of the game. Didn't you do two Edinburgh stand-up shows at nine months pregnant? Is that true? I did. Well, actually, I did one Edinburgh stand-up show at nine months pregnant. I had. I started doing stand-up when I was um, still breastfeeding Max, who's now 18. And Ooh. I remember because Christian Slater came to see my show and yes. he said to me, there's nothing more that I like than a lactating woman. That's very and I was like, sweet. What did you think of the jokes? Yeah. <laughs> well, he liked the show. Well, you know, for whatever reason. I can't really put that on a poster, though, can I? We do lactating. our best. We do our best as stand-ups to clip the, the the quote and stick it on the poster. But like, yeah, lactating. <laughs> Who's that going to go? Lactating woman is a good quote. Wendy Wayson, lactating woman. Yeah, do you know what I mean? A, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm past lactating now. I'm past lactating. I remember seeing you in a, well, gigging with you in a room in a pub upstairs just off Tottenham Court Road. Am I allowed to talk about you? Or are you the big star now? Uh, it depends. What, I mean, listen, you, we can we can talk about whatever you oh, want. Oh, and you were scrabbling around the floor for cigarette butts. No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, and uh, one of my friends said to me, that guy's super hot. He's the target. And I was like, for what? For Channel 4 or for us? <laughs> the target. I'm very oh, flat. Yeah. Look, we could, have a, we could have a double bill. Wendy Wayson, lactating woman, <laughs> Greg Osteen, the target. The target. Because you, when did you start? How old were you when you started doing stand-up? I was quite old. I was like 27, 28. Oh my God, so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, <laughs> I was 31. Were you 31 when you started? Well, I just had Max. Max is now 18. And I start. I just had Max. He, I started doing stand-up when he was six months old. Wow. No, wow. six weeks old. I tell that six weeks old. Six weeks six old because I was still breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember like what your first bit was? like? And also, may I ask, why, why, why then? Why, had you always wanted to do it? What happened that you were like, I'm doing it now? So my first job was at the Gilded Balloon when I was 17. And for mm -hmm. those of you who don't know about the Gilded Balloon, the Gilded Balloon back in the day was the sort of mecca for stand-ups in Edinburgh. And you'd go there. And I remember actually the Gilded Balloon, uh, I loved Eddie Izzard. And Eddie back then was extraordinary and undiscovered. And they were amazing. And I remember... Eddie doing this great set and it was all improvised and amazing. And the next day I went to see them and it was the same extraordinary improvised set. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> You've been but had. I'd been had, but also I love chatting <laughs> to people. My, my biggest champion and my greatest downfall is that I'm interested in people. Yeah. 
So I love people. And my husband's always like, you just ask that one extra question and you get the whole fucking shit storm. And I love the extra question. So I, yeah, I, I loved it. And I was like, ah. And so that sucked me into the um, comedy thing. So I, effectively, I grew up in Edinburgh. The, my first Edinburgh festival was when I was 10. So 1983. Wow. 1983 wow. was my first Edinburgh festival. I saw Your Good Boy Charlie Brown by a theatre company from New York and oh. I joined the circus. That's cool. That's Mad, so cool. isn't it? Oh, it's I cool. It. My, my mother wouldn't tell you it's cool, but you know, <laughs> I think it's cool. But you have a, you, I think the show I saw of yours, it was basically you telling secrets and having, like, you're very good at, yes, like your husband said. Oh my God. So that's an old, that was the, so the secret show, I have a theory that if you keep secrets, everything is damned because mm. it's a really bad thing to do. And during the show that I did about other people's secrets, I think sitting on secrets is damaging. And also, now that I'm doing my neuroscience masters, there is... What? Trans- what, what? Keep well, going. And that. then... No, and I want to hear all about that. I'm doing a master's in neuroscience and psychology. Fantastic. And there's things called transgenerational trauma that passes mm-hmm. down and alters your brain shape. And during that that show, I said about how bad secrets were for people. And if you keep stuff in, I think it's really detrimental to your mental health. Yeah. And England were playing really badly in that, I want to say World Cup. Was it World Cup in 2009? 2008? 2009 it must have been, or 2010, can't remember. Anyway, the whole thing about Wayne Rooney came out during yeah. other people's And I do think secrets are really bad. You need to free yourself from all that shit. But anyway, and I've discovered as well throughout my um, neuroscience journey that stand-up, all the yoga I do, it's all about helping people. Uh, I love that. Are you teaching yoga as well? Uh, well, yeah, I did it all through lockdown, yeah. I did my yoga teacher training in India years ago. And then during lockdown, I can't do the, the I couldn't do the, um, did you do like stand-up gigs online during lockdown? Uh, I, I, yes, I had a whole journey of like, I would never do them to be so <laughs> desperate that I did them. And they were so fucking like, weird. What you do? Oh, you're fucking buffering. Great. <laughs> Great. The worst, the, the weirdest part of it was, well, in the early days of it, they didn't even know, work out how to do audience sounds so you just played a silence <laughs> in my attic and the yeah, worst part yeah, I yeah. always thought was when you when it finished and you just press you know leave group and then suddenly you were just in your attic and it was On so quiet and you'd be like what the fuck just happened I totally understand why there's so many alcoholics in comedy like I'm the king yeah. of the world and I'm going to go home and sit in a room on my own yeah I'm king of the world and now I'm alone yeah now I'm in a bath in a weird hotel yeah yeah so yeah I find lockdown tricky anyway how did you find lockdown i listen i was incredibly incredibly lucky in that i was working we were writing on zoom so if i hadn't had a job i would have lost my damn mind i've had a lot of time off i've had a long time off and then we went to um marrakesh my 50th and i was like oh wow i'm drink, yeah and it's your birthday week you're 50 i'm 50 <laughs> 50 how do you feel about that I feel great about it. I don't, yeah, it's great. Because also, I have looked after myself. I'm still Mm -hmm. here. The people I like are the people I like. They're still here after 30, 40 years. The husband's still kicking about, still quite like the kids. Yeah. The people I really want to like me have fucked off, and it turns out they're dicks. Yeah, you're still a very, very fit family. (laughs) Let's face it, that's the main thing. Oh, my husband's so fit. Hilarious. Your husband's you so met, fit. Have you met Stephen? You've met Stephen, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, you're a very hot couple. You're the you're one of the hottest couples on the circuit. Super funny. So Stephen's done this show, and in his show, he gets cut up by Penn Badgley. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen the show? What's the show? It's called You. Oh no, I haven't seen you. I hear it's have very you heard good. Of, have you heard yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, I hear it's very good. So he gets cut up. He gets cut up by Penn, and in the script it says, "Of course, this douchebag's got a Prince Albert." And so the producer calls Stephen and says, "Right, you have final approval on the prosthetic." And Stephen's like, "The prosthetic," and they're like, "Yeah, the penis." 
And so we're sitting at breakfast one day and Stephen just keeps showing me all these dick pics. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they're all penises. They're going to attach to his body. And so, yada, yada, yada. So they get this dick attached to his body and then the show happens. And then Stephen gets all these messages, direct messages online, on uh, Twitter and on uh, yeah. Instagram. And some of them are from like ex-girlfriends, just with their numbers. Uh, uh, one of them, yeah. <laughs> one of them is from a girl saying, I just want to be penetrated with your massive dick. And Stephen's freaking out. And so he just always, whenever it comes in, he's like, I just need to show you this. Is this okay? What, what to do with this? And the girl is like, I just want to be penetrated by your massive dick. You click on her profile and it says, just waiting to meet the right guy. That's great. Oh, bless you. <laughs> That's great. It's Maybe super he, cute. That's very yeah. sweet. It's, it's super good... sweet, but also you're just like, oh, mate, I'm not sure that's how you're going to meet him. <laughs> but also, and then pictures, girls sending pictures of boobs and their arses, and he's wow. like, what am I, what, what do I do with that? What I mean, and also there's no support group for wives married to guys who get in this shit. I mean. As a neuroscientist, maybe you could start a group for wives and girlfriends of, Men with prosthetic penises on TV. Or like actors' wives. Because yeah. like everyone's like, oh, it's famously short. Because you're meant to fall in love on screen, aren't you? You're mm. meant to. I mean, yeah. have you fallen in love on screen? Every yet? time, yes. Right? No, you know what I mean. I, I do know what you mean. Oh, Wendy, I've just checked my notes. I forgot to tell you something. What? Oh, it's really bad that I didn't tell you this at the beginning. Um, fuck. Let me... Uh, I'll just say it. Brett, you, Brett, I'll you're just, scaring me. You're scaring me. What? You've died. You're dead. <gasps> dead. Dead. Right now? Yeah, you're dead. How did you okay. die? I fantasized my death a lot when I was younger. Go on. And in my youth, I died in a really glamorous hospital surrounded by friends and family all weeping in the run-up to my death. It was a long and painful illness. And um, I got thinner and thinner and my cheekbones looked amazing. <laughs> and in the final hours, I looked like a Kardashian. And people that were mean to me all through my life, they swarmed to my hotel. Hotel? Did I say hotel? hotel? Yeah, it was a hotel. Uh, Interesting. But my hospital bed. Yeah, I died from a long and painful illness with everyone mourning my passing. I did actually. What was the illness? Undisclosed family illness, as as we all know. Shame that it was it was uh, so long and painful, but I guess at least you got fitter and fitter. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I die on a bed surrounded by a loving family. Something. Well, they say painful, but I want to say less painful. I don't know. Maybe a tapeworm. A nice long tapeworm. Yeah. That in the end, they pull out of your butt and it, and it was as long as your entire body. Uh, do you worry about death? <laughs> no. No, I don't worry about death. I don't. I think that I've lived life really well and I love people. Hmm. And I think if you love people, you're doing all right. That's very nice, Wendy. It sounds, really, nice. it sounds really cheesy, but it, it's no, true. No, I think that's lovely. What about uh, when you die? What do you think happens after life? I would like to think I just go to sleep. But if Stephen meets someone else, I will come back and haunt the hell out of that bitch. <laughs> I've said, I want you to move on and find someone else, but I will not be absent. <laughs> I will be watching. Every time you touch her, I will be And watching. also, I'm 12 years older than him, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you not know this? I, I didn't know it was 12 years. You were there when I met him. You were there around the time that I met him. Yes. I remember thinking, very well done. I remember think, I remember saying, Brett, I can't get involved. And you're going, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is get married to him and be with him for 15 years down the line. So thanks for that, Brett. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, so do you think there's a, a heaven or such a thing? 
So I believe in science and I believe in spirituality and I believe that energy cannot be created or destroyed because that is scientific fact. So I don't think I'm going to just shuffle off and you're not going to hear from me again. I think we're around in some form, whether it's, I don't think it's like, um, here, Brett, I've got something to pick up with you. I don't think it'll be that, but I think there's, there's an energy around, definitely an energy around. And across the road, I have a neighbor who have like, when I first moved in, they were like, oh, you're from Scotland. The neighbor across the road, she's a psychic and she's Scottish. And I was like, oh, fuck that shit. But after 12 years, we speak and it's quite scary how much she knows. What did she tell you? Oh, she'll knock on the door. She said to me the other week there, who's Peggy? And I was like, Peggy's Stephen's nana. Peggy's got something to tell you. And I was like, oh my God. And she finds that uh, I'm currently writing a show about that kind of thing. I'm writing a sitcom about that kind of thing. About that sort of inconvenience of sight. Yes. Oh, I'd like that show. It's really interesting. And also I think that as us women come into our middle ages and Davina McCall, God bless her, has rebranded the menopause, we always think that women in their 50s are angry. But actually, we've brought up our kids. We've put our careers on hold. We're Mm. like, right, what now? And also estrogen drops and you guys you guys are so lucky because your hormone levels have been the same the same level Never. forever yeah. and we're like oh my god i'm ovulating this is happening oh my god i'm menstruating this is happening oh my god i hate you oh my god i love you <laughs> and we you know it's not fair yeah. but it is what it is but it's great that you come to the end of that so you that you get angry old women but we're not angry we're just like Oh, this is how it feels to feel the same every day. <laughs> oh, what a what a treat. What a treat to feel the same every day. And I'm not even there yet. There's a, a early Hillary Mantle book that Emerald Fennell made me read, which is fucking great, which is about a woman, the inconvenience of sight. But it's really dark. It's really, really, really dark. Really? Yeah, I've forgotten what it's called, and I'm so sorry. You'll have to Google it, but I think you'll enjoy it. I'm going to write it down. Emerald, The Inconvenience of Sight. No, it's not called that, but it's an early Hillary Mantle book. It's, it's, re- it's really interesting, dark. because if you don't believe in it, so it's super funny, because it's not funny at all, but it's super funny, and I'm sure I'm breaking friendship boundaries here. But she had a reading uh, last week with a guy, and she lived across the road from me and she said to me, oh my God, this guy came in and he said, and she's from Scotland. She was sitting doing a reading for him and he was going, and she said all around his head, he could, she could just see murder, 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 murder. And she was wow. like, oh fuck. And she said to the guy, you know, so what brings you here? And he's like, well, I've just got out of prison for IBH on my partner. And she was like, oh, my God. And then she turns to me and goes, and he's going back in, Mendy, because he's going to fucking kill her. He's going to fucking oh kill her. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. So what, can you call anyone? She's like, what am I going to fucking do? Call the police, go hire. I'm a psychic. This guy's going to kill his girlfriend. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like Minority Report. She, she needs to. <laughs> what, is, what can she do? Ah. Uh. That's so interesting. What can she do? I guess she's got to move in with him and make sure it doesn't happen. Can you imagine being a police officer getting that call? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your call, love. <laughs> wow. Well, listen up, Wendy. There is a heaven. Right. Sorry, and sorry, And you're going darling. in. You're going in. You're going to heaven. And you're very welcome. It's filled with your favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? Thank you, God. My favorite thing is red wine and massages and those bubbly baths. It's filled with them. Oh, and marshmallows. There's marshmallows everywhere. There's bubbly baths. People massage you. It's great. Everyone's so excited to see you. They're a huge fan. But they want to talk to you about your life. They want to talk about your life through the medium of film. And the first thing they ask you is, what's the first film you remember seeing, Wendy Wayson? The first film I saw ever, my parents were divorced. And the great and worst thing about that is that your dad, generally dads quite have quite low imaginations with what to do with kids. Yeah. 
I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's fucking true. So my dad <laughs> used to take me to the cinema every time he saw me, which my mom would be furious about. And subsequently, I was furious about when my children's father did that. My, my eldest two children's father did that. But it was brilliant for me. The first film I saw was Superman. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's never happened on this. What a great opener. I'm very old. I'm very old. It was <laughs> Superman with the dad. What? Who, who, oh, my God. Super famous actor. Oh, Marlon Brando. Is, is... Marlon Brando was yeah. his dad. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, He's super famous, yeah. He's pretty famous, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. It was so amazing. And all the criminals were locked in that spinning mirror and my yeah. dad fell asleep and it was great because I just <laughs> ordered shit to this I went up and my, it was like my dad's asleep he'll pay for all this it's amazing uh, and so cool and oh my god it was amazing it was amazing uh, are you an only child or were you with siblings I was an only child and then my mother remarried so I have a, a, a half sister okay eight so years this later just you and your dad me and my dad, we did crazy golf. Yeah. We did crazy golf, and we did movies. I like that. That doesn't it sound so bad so to cool. me. Oh yeah. my god, I feel so bad for anyone who didn't have divorced parents. <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God, you, you can yeah. play against each other. Excellent negotiating skills. Mm. I love that. Have you seen that film? Have you obviously you've seen it? Superman. Yeah, I love it. Have you seen every film that I'm going to mention? I hope so. I'm really hoping you haven't. Well, let's see. What about being scared? What's the film that scared you most, Wendy Mason? Do you like being scared? No, I hate it. I hate it. And the film that rooted that scare in me, and it made me really aware of film music, is a film called Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah. Have you seen that? Peter Weir. Peter Weir. Yeah, he's one of my favorite directors. Oh my God. And I met him like years and years and years ago. And... I remember meeting him for a job and I was just like, mm, you scare the shit at me because I cannot hear a pan pipe music. Yeah. Do you know, th- even the whole thing, I've got a thing about Victoria. Um, oh my God. I've just realized what I'm wearing. It's a sort of Victoriana blouse. Yeah. When I was little, I started watching the, f- I say little, I must've been about 12 or 13. I don't know if I've mentioned that I'm 50. It's my 50th birthday month, Brett. All presents. Happy grateful. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm more than delighted to be telling everyone that I'm 50. I know that everyone goes, oh, just lie about it. I'm like, nah, I'm 50 and I'm still alive. It's great. The Victoriana thing in that film, and it's based on a real story. It's still unexplained. And that do, 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 do. You know, you're like, it's very creepy. shit. It's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's real. And it's real. You saw that when you were like 12. I was about 13 when I saw that film. And it was at that point, you know, when I think there's stages you go through where you cannot deal with the lack of a happy ending. Do you know what I mean? You want the good start, you want the story, and then you want the happy ending. And I remember getting into French movies and going, oh my God, there's no happy ending. And the French are really good at going, yeah, this is fucking life, fucking deal with it. (laughs) Whereas... America fires it out to focus groups and they go, and this is what audiences are happy with. That's why it's so interesting. It is, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And if you, that's why kind of 70s Hollywood films are so fascinating because the vast majority of like great films from the 70s that people used to go to that were kind of popular are so dark and they all end in quite a cynical way. They all end without hope. But I think that's important. I think it's a lesson. Yeah. I think it's a lesson. I think it's really interesting. Like I'm taking the kid. Like the eldest two have moved out this this year, so we're taking the youngest one on a tour of Italy, and we're going to all my favorite film locations. Where right. my husband's like, "Really, we're going to we're going to Arezzo?" And I was like, "Yeah, life is beautiful. I love that film." He's like, <laughs> "It's fucking horrendous. What happens in life is beautiful." I was like, yeah. "Give a shit. Give a shit. We're going to the Trevi Fountain." But I just think. <laughs> I love film. I love it so much. But anyway. Well, this is good. You're in the right place. Which is why I could do like 15 of these. As I said to you when I texted you, I was like, Brett, this is so hard. It's so, so hard. hard. But it's Picnic at Hanging Rock. Picnic at Hanging Rock. And also they have that little thing. And they have these little nuggets at Picnic at Hanging Rock where you're like, oh, 
is it going to be, I was going to say, oh my God, is it going to be a sexual assault? Because you're always trying to go in, in what direction is this firm going? I don't mean I love a sexual assault. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know. Like, oh, is that what direction this is going in? Because I feel like with yeah. them, I think films are always like you're trying to solve or figure out the, the clues or the yeah. clues or where, where it's going. But that's why I think it stays with you, Picnic Hanging Rock, because it doesn't resolve. And it's like, yeah, it's the a mystery of it. And the whole, the, the whole story about Picnic Hanging Rock is like, it's a true story from the ni- from 1900, happens on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. So there's that promise yeah. of romance and they're hoping for romance. And then it's bleak. It's really bleak. Mm-hmm. And the outfit's mm-hmm. great. And then I think, I think there's a woman in it from Neighbours. I think Mrs. Mangle from Neighbours is one of the teachers. <sighs> Yes, I think you're right. Is that right? Mrs. Mangle's in it. I think you're right. I think she's one of the teachers. Yeah. God bless Mrs. Mangle. I looked all this stuff up and then put it aside and thought, yeah. I'll come back to it and re- revisit it. <laughs> what about crying? Are you a big old crier? What's the film that made you cry the most? I'm a big crier. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a cry. I remember when I was pregnant with my eldest, my ex came in. He was like, what are you crying at? And I was like, I was crying at a TV show where they redid somebody's garden. <laughs> <laughs> they love their new garden. But um, once again, because I'm so old, there's a film called The Champ that I'm not sure. Oh my God. Yeah? Have you seen The Champ? Yeah, The Champ. Her- horrendous ending. Kill it. Hor- horrendous. Awful. Horrendous. But amazing. Yeah, amazing. I love you, Champ. I love you, Champ. Angelina's dad. Yeah. John Boy. He was amazing in the TV show with the killer. Oh, that narrows it down. Oh, help me out. Oh, fuck up, Brett. The TV, fuck up. <laughs> the TV show with the killer. He's oh, con- you mean. He's a contract killer with Leave. Le- the old man? Leave Schreiber. Schreiber. Oh. Uh, what's his name? You know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. And we, and go. he's the dad. And what's wow. great about it for anyone who's got a shit dad, and I'm sure there's loads of us out there who've got a shit dad, the champ and my dad did his best and yada, yada, yada. And he, you know, and all dads do their best. But the champ was great because the champ did his best for his son. And you watch and you go, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> a terrible decision. But you understand why he's done it. You understand mm. why he's done it. And oh my God. And the wee boy. And the thing is, your kids just love you for for you. Your kids are your mm. lesson. They love you for being you. Whether you're a gambler or a fighter or a racehorse trainer. A crazy golfer. You're, you, do you know what I mean? Your kids love you. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You just turn up and be their parent. So yeah. Indeed. Sorry. I didn't mean for there to be any lessons. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. I like but it's it. true. But it's true, isn't it? It is, yeah. What is a film that you love unconditionally? People don't like it. It's not critically acclaimed, but you fucking love it anyway. Okay. No matter well, what they say. It's so funny when you ask these questions. I know you have to ask these questions, but I feel like you're trying to move me on. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, okay, Wendy, fuck about the crying. Fuck, it's fuck no, up. no, no. I felt like we completed that, All right. it, that it's, section. It's fuck up a Scottish thing. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Fuck up means... Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're very busy in Scotland. You ain't got time for full sentences. <laughs> We're fighting for independence. Okay, so <laughs> I have discussed this with friends. And I was like, do you know what film I love that nobody else likes? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And everyone was like, everybody loves that film, Wendy. <laughs> so every film I suggested, mm. I didn't realize that everybody likes. Okay. But the one that everyone said is shit, that I still like is the Zemeckis film, Death Becomes Her. Oh, that's a great answer. I think Death Becomes Her has had a resurgence and people love it now. But when it came out, people definitely didn't like it. It okay. was not well received. So, and it's a great answer. And then my husband was like, that's because you're old and it's youth juice. And I was just like, you're a dick. <laughs> Which I think is rude. But also, yeah, yeah but also, yeah. It's a, yeah. And Goldie Horn and Meryl <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Even my husband's old now. You met him when he was 23, but he's... Yeah, I met him when he was a child. He's now nearly 40. <laughs> yeah. 
It's time for me to get a new one. <laughs> yeah. I think 15 years, you had a good run. <laughs> time to move on. I think that's a great film. But also it's mental. But then also Hocus Pocus. I like that too. But yeah. Uh, oh, it's between Death Becomes Her and Hocus Pocus. Am I allowed to? No. No. I'm going to okay. give you Death Becomes Her. Sorry. Because sorry, it, it is a very strange film. And I really like it. But you're right. It was not received well in the beginning. Very strange film. And also Fun. Goldie Horn. You have to... And yeah. Overboard. Oh my God. I didn't even think about Overboard. That's shit. But I love it. Love that. Love Overboard. Uh, what about the other way around? What's a film you used to love very much, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, I don't like this anymore. For whatever reason, you might have changed. So my daughter is now 21. This is hilarious. Wow. Well, let me, no, do you know what? I won't, I won't, I always go, this is hilarious. And my daughter's like, mom, I'll decide. And she's right. <laughs> she's right. She's right. She's right. She's written a script. She's written like various film scripts. And one wow. of our good friends, Iwan, is in Game of Thrones. And he was Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. I don't know if you've wow. watched Thrones. You know, I do you know? have. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very scary. He's very scary, but he's the nicest man you will ever meet. Right. And Iwan said to Bella, Bella, if you want me to be in one of your films i'm more than happy to be in one of your films and Bob's like iwan there's nothing for you in my script <laughs> and i'm like she's thinking like a producer i like it i'm like bella put him in your film <laughs> <laughs> she's a true artist <laughs> somebody might watch it but um so we were giggling about that. And then um we were chatting actually the other week there about this film that I loved when I was growing up. And I showed it to Bella and I was just like, oh, fuck. So I grew up with The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire. And and I showed her, I was like, Bella, you're going to love this. 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 And I showed her a film called Mannequin. Yes. Do you know Mannequin? I do know Mannequin, yes. And it's Andrew McCarthy and he falls in love. Well, essentially, he creates his ideal girlfriend. Yeah. And in the 80s, I was like, oh, that's super cute. And now that I'm 50, I'm like, how fucking dare you tell me how a fucking woman has to fucking be, you fucking brick. <laughs> so totally my, fair. My narrative has slightly changed. So yeah. I was watching it with my daughter going, oh my God, oh my God. And Andrew McCarthy's got that great put upon face or has like, you know, unaccustomed as I am to asking for what I want. Here's what I'm asking for. And you're like, oh yeah. Watch out for that kind of prick, mate. When, you, when you've got, uh, yeah. yeah, when you've got a daughter, I know what you're up to, son. Well, when you've got a daughter, you're like, oh shit, don't do that. Yeah. I've never done this before, but would you like to um, do sex like this? You're like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. That prick has done that before. He needs a no. He needs a no. If the phrase "I've never done this before" creeps into your vocabulary, you know that it's wrong. What you're asking for is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is that fair? I think it certainly is a, a flag that needs it's consideration. A, a flag? It's a big fucking red flag. Wagon. I mean, look. This before. Once. Never done this before. Would have been true once. Although having said that, with my husband, I've never had a one night stand. And I was trying to have a one night stand with him. Still never had a one night stand. Yeah. Because we've been married for like 15 years now. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. If it's really, really good sex, hmm. it's normally someone who's going to stalk you for about six months. Before or after? After. As one of my girlfriends says, when you have sex with somebody who's really good in bed, you go, oh, shit. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's going to be a difficult exit. It's important to plan your exit plan. <laughs> It's important to have an exit plan. Anyway. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, my neighbor Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva. I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right. And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs. No more app switching. Can Canva Docs with Magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals, marketing plans, yeah. Meeting agendas, ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12. Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is good, but the experience you had seeing the film will always make it special to you. Right. I'm sneaking in two here. I know I'm only allowed one. I'm sneaking in two because I'm going to, one, one's a little sentence. Is that all right? Yeah. So I have divorced parents. I used to go and see my dad every third weekend. When I was 12, he showed me Scarface and said, don't show, tell your mother you've seen this. Wicked. And I took my daughter to see it last week at the Everyman in Hampstead, where she now works. And I was like, we need to see this. She was like, seriously, mom? And I was like, uh, when I look at it now, it feels really bad. <laughs> but when you don't live with your dad, it's a really bonding yeah. thing. And I didn't know what everything was, but it was, I love Scarface for all the, I love Scarface. like, I mean, you sit around all day waiting for me to fuck you. Great line, great line. And <laughs> I mean, it, I just love it. I mean, it's horrendous. And I love the sort of, Good guy, done well, done badly. I love the downfall. I love the, yeah. So I love Scarface. I still love Scarface. Always love Scarface. But the film that has the most meaning for me is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Go on, lovely film. Because I was in Los Angeles in, I want to say 2000. Oh gosh, Mm -hmm. I should have really Googled the date, the release date. I think it was 2000. 2000 and it was October or September whatever. anyway whatever I went to a pre-screening of Crouching Tiger and yeah. as a girl from Edinburgh I was so excited to be in LA and my friend Steph she took me to this screening and back in those days <laughs> uh, we'd never seen anything like it but also I'd never seen anything like it in a movie literate environment now that sounds really mm. wanky and it is really wanky, but also my children love watching screenings of films in arenas where people respect the film, which sounds really wanky and it is really wanky, but it's 100% bang on because we'll go to a cinema yeah. and people will talk through it and my kids will be like, shut up. This is, we've paid money for this, stop it. And they love going to an industry screening mm. in the wankiest way because everyone shuts up and they respect the film which sounds ridiculous and I would like to be embarrassed about that, but I'm fucking not embarrassed about that because respect the film. Respect the fucking... Respect the film. Sorry, but respect the film. And I've I've told them that for their whole lives. So my children will go into a cinema and they will shut the fuck up. And if you talk, my children will tell you to shut the fuck up and respect the film. That's great. Your children are cool. There's a hundred million people involved in that. So when I yeah. saw Crouching Tiger in LA, 
people stood up and whooped and cheered and screamed because there was whirling and there was like yeah. that shit going on. And I'd never seen anything like it on screen, but I'd never... In Glasgow, when the film finished, everyone used to clap. Yeah, nice. But in LA, everyone was whipping and screaming and delighted <laughs> at the special effects. And I I didn't know what to do with myself for the special effects because they felt like they were jumping out of the screen. I'd never seen that before. And mm. neither had anyone around me. And it was just, it was one of those moments where you go, shit, you park, you, you park your life at the 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 gateway and you walk in and you're in the film and that really yeah yeah i sound like a that's really good i sound like the wanker i am but yeah i am no i love that you know i love that yeah tell me this what is the film you most relate to wendy wason so bizarre it's the parent trap and not the lindsay lohan one it's the hayley mills hayley mills yeah because my parents divorced and I was like, oh, I must have a sister somewhere and somebody who understands me. Yeah. That's a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker, yeah. Did you, want to, did you want to trick your parents back together or was it having the secret sister? Really, really wanted to get my parents back together. And so bizarre throughout my life, my mom and dad would send me the same birthday card and they sent me, yeah, it was, it was super, super sad, super sad, super, yeah. What, they, your mom and dad would send you identical cards by accident? As in, just by coincidence. So you'd be like, oh, they're meant to be. Yeah. Oh, or I thought my my secret sister um, sent me this. But yeah, she hasn't arrived. Uh, so yeah. I know you say, oh, but you know, it was really it's very yeah, sweet. That, very yeah, sweet. I, I really wanted uh, another another sibling. And yeah, I, I and also the one of them lived in a ranch and one lived in a really nice house in London. So <laughs> yeah, it wasn't forget, bad. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a bad aspiration. Wendy, here we go. I'm excited about your answer for this. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Well, it's Goodfellas, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that for everyone? I thought, was. That, I thought that was a fact. Uh, it's, it's never been in this category, but I'd love Hasn't to it? hear it. Hasn't right? it? Oh my God, Goodfellas is so sexy. It's the family, it's togetherness, it's how much money do you want to go shopping with? It's like this much money when she holds up her fingers to... Show how much cash she wants to go shopping. Do you want a fur coat? Yeah, just walk a little bit further. Walk a little bit further. It's the danger. It's the excitement. It's the helicopters. It's the food. The f- I love food. I love cooking. It's the sexiest film ever. All the senses are covered. Fascinating. Very revealing. Fascinating. Is that too much? Is that too little? No, that's perfect. What about... There's a troubling bone is worrying why don't. What's the film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should? There's loads of things you find arousing and you go, oh my God. And it's almost Jessica Rabbit and all that weird stuff. There's things I find arousing and it's always the bad guys. I think like mm. pretty much anything Joe Pesci's in, I do find Joe Pesci alarmingly sexy. That's great. But also... Do you know how I find sexy? And my kids always joke about it. It's John Leguizamo. Oh, I can see that. I fancy the arse of John Leguizamo. And he's always the bad guy. Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Everything he does, John Leguizamo. I'm like, yeah. I know he'd kill me. I can see that. I'd fucking do him. But he's wrong. And it's wrong. It's wrong. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Well, I mean, your no shame sexiest is good feathers, and your shame sexiest is bad guys. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't say to my children, "Look after yourself." But by the way, John Leguizamo, fucking do him. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sexy, though, isn't he? I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Do you not fancy John Leguizamo? No, I, do, I fancy him. I'm not sure I fancy Joe Pesci, but I love Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci as well. It's a fucking, a fucking, a whole. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? I said su- I suggested this to my husband. He was like, "No one will know what you're talking about." I am a big fan of a little-known actor called Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. There is a film called Being There. Phenomenal. That is the greatest film of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. The little glances, the little looks, the little misunderstandings, and I think. compulsively relevant for our times right now is being there. 
I think being yes. there should yes. be on the school yes. curriculum. Is that fair? Yes. Being there should be on the school curriculum. I think I'm going to cry. I just think it's the most amazing thing. I think Chauncey the gardener. Oh, Chauncey Gardner. I know exactly who you are, friend. You're like, oh my God. I just think mm. it's the most extraordinary film. It's perfectly underplayed. The acting is amazing. Okay, I'm gushing. I'm gushing. I'm gushing. I'm gushing. But anyway, I think the best film I ever made is being there. What a fantastic answer. And I don't think you're incorrect. It is a profound, brilliant film. Brilliant. It's remarkable, isn't it? It is. It, it is about everything that is happening now. You're right. It's yeah. fantastic. Great answer, Wendy. Thank you so much. 10 points. What is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? Okay. So I have three children. The film I have watched over and over and over again, and it's taught me everything about life, and I've seen everything in it. It has taught me everything about parenting, is Finding Nemo. Oh, my God. Sorry. Is that, is that, wait, do you say that? And you're like, I've, I've, I've done the no. right answer? No, no. I say, oh, my God, as in Finding Nemo makes me so sad that I, I don't think I could watch it again. But I think it's amazing. Right. I have seen it about 900 times with each child. And I've got through it. So that's, wow. that's 3,000 times, right? The first time I saw Finding Nemo, I had just had Isabella, who's now 21. I went to the cinema with my friend Tori, who, my husband's, who lives in Chicago, who my husband's flown over tonight as a surprise. Which is why, yeah, I've had wine for the first time in like whatever, <laughs> forever. And Tori and I went to the cinema in Whiteley's. Mm. Yeah. You know, UCI. UCI, which UCI is Whiteley's. UCI Whiteley's. We went in and we were like, what do you have on? We have 10 minutes before she has to breastfeed again. We went in and I had just started doing stand up and my whole 31. thing. 31. Oh, no, no. So that was 29 when I started doing stand up. And then uh, I, re, I, re, I had a restart. Oh, you went back after. Because. I went in to see the only film they had on and it was Nemo. And in the first five seconds, the mom gets killed. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? You fucking killed the mom again, you fucking pricks. You Disney arseholes. You always kill the fucking mom. So I came out and I was furious. I was like, once again, the mom gets killed. Snow White. Mary Poppins, all this shit. The, not Mary Poppins. Bambi. Bambi. The mom gets killed all the fucking time. Sleeping Beauty, all this shit. Why do you kill the mom? Why do you kill the mom? And the guy, I was like, you bricks, you bunch of bricks. And he gave me my money back. He gave me my money back. He was like, we need to get her out of here. So he <laughs> and subsequently, I've seen it nine million times. But I think it's a really great lesson in letting your kids run and fly and grow. But even that, that can happen even when the mom's alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mom doesn't have to die. To the mom, the mom doesn't have to die. But it's all about you want to keep your kids safe. But you want them to grow and fly. But also, what? Stop killing the mom. Harry Potter. Every fucking mm. film that you love from your childhood, the mom dies. The mom doesn't have to die. Sorry, I'm ranting. But it's true. I like that message. I like that mom message. doesn't have to die. The mom doesn't have to die. Sorry. What's the worst film you've ever seen? And let's not spend too long being negative. The worst film I've ever seen is Mickey Blue Eyes. Hugh Grant, James Cohn. Yep. My husband, my ex-husband and I didn't have a fight in our, in our world. We were like, we never ever fought during our divorce. We were like, uh, we just like, is this working for you? No, this isn't working for you, me either. Cool, let's split. That's how our divorce worked. The only time that we fought was, can you, t <laughs> can you take the Mickey Blue Eyes DVD? It's like, I don't want it. You have it. I don't want it. The only, the only fight we, the only fight we had in five years was Mickey Blue Eyes, <laughs> and I took it. Jean Triplehorn is the woman in it. My friend Matthew likes her and likes Jean Triplehorn and. Carrie Ann Moss and he always goes mm. I just really like to shine Carrie Ann's Moss like, oh <laughs> my god mate mate you're in comedy you've been in comedy a while what's yes. the film that made you laugh the most my favourite comedy group of films is Jack Tati which sounds really wanky but it is if you're not into films you're not into comedy watch Jack Tati if you're not into films mm. if you're not into films you're not listening to this shit 
But if you're into... <laughs> <laughs> I love Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati, I've watched all his films. Should have fair, Mon Oncle. I love all, I love all that. But the film that makes me laugh out loud all the time is Four Lions. What a fucking great film. It I love Four is. Lions. And I've shown it to all my children, age appropriate or not. Robert Dingy Rapids made Bob on a Crow. We have so many quotes in our family. And I think it's a great lesson. I love comedy that educates. And mm. I, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a great film. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. And it's so relevant. And it's so important. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a proper masterpiece, that film. Wendy, you've been a delight. However, when you uh, were dying of a very slow, painful death caused by what we discovered was a tapeworm <laughs> that eventually was pulled out of your arsehole and was as long as you... I think you said that. ...had gone all the way. Not me. ...had gone all the way, gone all the way around your body three <laughs> or four times. It was fucking huge. <laughs> anyway, you were dying very slowly, as you wished, and you became more. You began to look more with and more all, like with all, with all my family surrounding me. Yeah. And eventually you died. And I was walking down the street with a coffin. You know what I'm like. And I Fucking saw this cute. Grim old, grim old breath. Here he comes. Here he comes. cute round the block. And I was like, what are you Not, not as fit as he once was. To see the fittest, the fittest dead body we've ever seen. I was like, oh, really? Wow. And so I queue up. I'm polite. I'm not going to jump in the queue. I'm sort of the David Beckham of queuing. <laughs> and, I, and I get to the, to, the, to the front. And there's your body. So I go, wow, she does look fit, but this coffin I've got is the wrong size. Guys, <laughs> help me. And so we start chopping you up, chopping you up, chopping you up, chopping you up with an axe. There's loads of axes, little axes, chop you up, chop you up, chop you up. Eventually, we stuff you in the coffin. It's not the perfect fit, I'll be honest. It's jammed in there. There's only really enough room in this coffin to slide one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And in heaven, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show the people of heaven when it is your turn? Wendy Wayson. I am taking Nemo. Ah. Finding Nemo. I have to do that. My kids, all my kids, look after your children. Let them be free. Learn all the lessons, all that shit. And the mom dies. Yeah. <laughs> and the mom dies. It has to be Nemo. What would you like to tell people to look out for, to listen to in the coming weeks? I am currently writing a book called The Life in My Men. The Life in My Men. There you go. So Mae West said that. And my daughter asked me about how you meet a boyfriend and how you know that somebody is a nice man. And I was like, it's a leap of faith. So I'm currently writing a book about... Mm. The life in the life in my men, and there's so many guys that I'm like, oh my god, I should have married you because you were really not. <laughs> but what you want at 16 isn't really not what you want when you're 35. You're like when you're 16, you're like, oh, he's gonna get me tickets to a gig. And then when I met Stephen, <laughs> and I was 35, it's like he can change a window, he can replace the with glass in a window. So. No, it's about that, and and yeah. and also the fact that the people who hurt me hurt me most in my life, the men who hurt me most mm -hmm. in my life, are the ones that I totally embraced. So I'm writing a book on that. I'm gigging for the past year. I took a job in tech. Oh wow! <laughs> I was offered a job in tech because I was head of brand and corporate communications for a year. They offered me it, mm. and I was like, no. And then they kept upping the salary, and also as most of people in entertainment know it shut down and I wasn't about mm. to, I, I tried to do Zoom gigs like yourself I've just yeah. this is not me this is not <laughs> me so uh, I, I took that job for a, a year and I was just like this is also not me so anyway Twitter Wendy um, underscore Wayson Instagram Wendy underscore Wayson I'm doing the book I'm gigging I'm doing what you do as a working comic and I'm Coming out to LA soon, so I will hunt you down, Brett Goldstein. Well, it was lovely to see you. Thank you for your time. And I will see you in Los Angeles. Loads of love. Good day to you. Lots of love, Danny. So that was episode 247. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra minutes of chat, secrets and video with Wendy. Remember to watch Ted Lasso and Shrinking on Apple TV+. Plus. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, 
but just write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read. Everyone likes reading it. it makes them cry. You're all nice people. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you're all well. Thank you to Wendy for doing the show and for doing it so late at night on her birthday weekend. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lotham for the photography. Come join me next week. Oh, i got a banger of a guest next week. You're going to love it. It'll be a nice treat for you. Hope you're all well. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.